crosstalk, the unintentional transfer of signals between communication channels, a casual conversation. This is Video Game Crosstalk, episode 042, the monthly podcast of gamers talking tech science and whatever else comes to mind. I am your host, Anthony Rossi, and with me this episode is school mental health counselor, Motier Haskins. Hi. Hey, buddy. Hey, how are you? I have not seen you in a long time. Very long time. <laughs> it's been years. But, yeah, it's, it's been a few years, but like through the magic of social media. Mm-hmm. Kept in contact. Yeah. We talk about... Stupid things on the internet because yay games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yay I, games. I love it. Yeah. So, um, speaking of which, what have you been up to? What have you been playing? Um, jeez. Oh, Recently, I decided to waste my time and life by going back and playing Skyrim on PS4. You went back to I Skyrim. By, I used to play it on PS3. I had like a 300-hour in-game hour uh, file that I decided to delete. Oh, and, well, at least you were right at the beginning. Yeah. And then now I'm back again and I have been sucked in. And prior to that, it was Red Dead 2, catching up with that. And then prior to that, Resident Evil 7 again. 7 again? Yeah. I went back and decided to play it on, a, try to play it on Madhouse. Okay. Did not work out too well. I actually <laughs> just, so I just did the, the speed run. All right. Circular saw, but yeah. I want to play Red Dead so bad, but... Yeah, I was going to say, what's your reluctancy? Because I could probably relate. <laughs> it's just family life and trying to keep two tiny humans alive and that kind of thing. That game is super immersive. Yes. That. Everything I've seen, mm-hmm. both just like metaphorically seen on the internet and any videos that people have posted oh, gorgeous yes. so gorgeous yes. and it's the type of game that you would expect from Rockstar mm-hmm. they're like yeah we're not going to put out a game for you know six years yeah because F you yeah and then we're going to put out the game and it's going to be awesome yeah. you know it's going to be awesome so you sit there and wait and you're going to take six years to complete it because right. that's life that's, because how, that's, that's, how, that's how we're going to do, do it they do make it definitely worth your wait so yeah. it is definitely worth the wait it's a uh, it's a long game, I can tell you that. Right. I actually just started playing. I picked it up again. I had started it, and then something shiny distracted me. I'm I'm getting back into it, and I am playing on Give Me a Story yep. difficulty mm-hmm. because I'm a dad, yep. and that's how I have to budget my time. But I am going to complete Witcher 3. I So I just finished the series, never playing Witcher 3. Mind you, I've owned it for about a year. Okay. And just haven't picked it up because I'm afraid <laughs> to get that deep into it. Okay. I feel like I'll dedicate all my time, which is what I'm doing with Skyrim. Right. So, so there it is. Watching the TV show makes me want to go play the game. Okay. And that's well. I'm still. It's still packaged. It is still in the wrap. Oh, still packaged. It's still packaged. All right. So I picked it up when it was on some deep discount sale. Oh, I did too. Um, it's okay. brand new, but okay. it's still packaged. <laughs> I just don't want to open it yet. Well, so what do you think of the series? Loved it. I thought okay. it was great. Um, did give you that Game of Thrones vibe at first, and yes. then it differentiated pretty well. And I really enjoyed where it went. You know what? Let's talk about that okay. uh, Game of Thrones Witcher comparison. Yeah. 
I get it up to the point where it's a dark fantasy. Yes. yes. But like after that, yeah. I, I think like completely different. It's mm-hmm. a completely different universe. Yep. Magic is perceived in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. There is the political strife, but that's just high fantasy, high yeah. dark fantasy. Yeah. There's a much smaller cast right yes. now. <laughs> yes, which I enjoy. It did not. Uh, I didn't get lost. I didn't wonder who's who. Which I very yeah. learned. I learned very early in Game of Thrones. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, don't get connected. You don't get attached. I saw a few early articles reviewing the Game of Thrones episodes as they come out, mm-hmm. and some of the you know, less formal outlets will just give nicknames yeah. like you know, Tiny Death or Stabby Friend, or and you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. just by those two. That, and that, that makes it a little bit easier for me because I remember like all the names in the first episode, and I'm like, how do I remember these people? It's that's just a series, but at least Witcher was very like clear cut. They give you the first name, that's it. There you right. go. So uh, it was confusing for everyone, obviously, the different timelines. Yes, yes, but, yes, yes. But I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it when it all came together. Yeah. Once they all came together, I appreciated it much more because then everything mm-hmm. started falling into place. And I can understand why that that may confuse some people and may throw some people off. Oh, absolutely. Because I know when some people are confused, I myself am like, okay, let's figure out why I'm confused. Let's let's get into it. Versus where some people they need to be spoon fed and they're like, if I don't get it, I'm done. Right. And I can understand if any. I don't know a single person actually didn't enjoy it. I have maybe two friends that didn't enjoy it. Okay. Uh, but, like, this type of epic fantasy isn't their style. Okay. So, which I'm totally fine with. And yeah. actually, I prefer that a series find their niche and just lean into it hard. Yes. Because that's the style that I like. Yeah. But I'm not so. I don't even know what the word would be. Naive, foolish, mm-hmm. um, arrogant, yeah. maybe, to say, like, well, if you don't like it, you're just not smart enough. Yeah. Like, whoa. whoa yeah. Well, this entertainment is choice. Yeah. And if you want to unplug at the end of the day, like, I'm done thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm done thinking. I want to veg for a little bit, decompress. Yep. I'm a freak. And <laughs> I want some more mental stimulation. But but that's my yeah. freak type yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, we also got to remember it's on Netflix. It's meant to draw in an audience. So they have to dumb it down, change it a little bit mm-hmm. just to grab an audience that may not know the game. Not everything's going to be one-to-one. Oh, no. Uh, and, shot for shot. And the Netflix series is based off the books, not yeah. the game. Yeah. So this is... The game came... Excuse me. The game chronologically events take place after the books. Yeah. So I'm also reading through the books right now. Mm-hmm. about halfway through book two. Okay. And I can tell you with definitiveness that... Where the season one of the Netflix series ended, mm-hmm. like um, maybe the anime is going to bridge the gap, but like we're starting with book one. I forgot about the anime. Yes, Literally. like the Nightmare of Wolves or yeah. something like that. About That's that. gonna should come out later this year. Okay. I don't think a release date has been mentioned yet. Okay, but it's gonna, it might bridge that gap or tell like another origin story of mm-hmm. Vesemir or one of the other uh, characters. Vesemir being an, another Witcher who and I. Uh, 
this is a very slight spoiler, but I mean, episode one, I can almost guarantee this is what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. He helps Geralt in training Siri to become a witcher. Okay. Like, that's okay. very minor spoiler. If you didn't see that coming, I mean, sorry, dude, it's, <laughs> not, but, okay. it's, yeah, the entirety of the Witcher games, like, Siri is trying to be a Witcher. Yeah. Uh, the entirety of the books, yeah. all, like, six of them, <laughs> it starts, like, this isn't news. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't, like, you know, yeah. I, I've got some secret inside mm-hmm. knowledge. I, the book opens up with her training at, uh, So, yeah, you, you know what it is when you, when you open up. Okay. So, so yeah, that's definitely where it's gonna go. Very good. So yeah, just gonna play on. Give me a story difficulty. Okay. I've done that for a few games. Okay. Uh, most recently, Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh my god, that is one of the best games I've played in the last like five years. When this game was announced, yeah. I trashed that trailer. Oh, did I'm you? Like, this, this is stupid. <laughs> this is ridiculous. We have a post-apocalyptic yep. society. Mm-hmm. Robots and AI have taken over, yep. and they're going to replicate the most inefficient life forms ever. Yeah. Really? That's the direction we're yeah. going to go. <gasps> I don't oh my remember God. reading much about it, nor do I remember seeing too much about it. But in reality, I caught it on Black Friday. All right. I think of last year from GameStop, I think I bought, it was like 10 bucks. Okay. And something else I think I tried to get, I got God of War too at the okay. same time. So. And that was the other one that I've played. I yeah. give me a story difficulty. Yeah. So maybe, no, it was two years ago. I'm sorry. Two okay. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I played it and I was hooked so quickly. The story is amazing. It made sense. Yes, it was beautiful. The ending, like, I really couldn't wait to get the ending because I was, I had so many questions. Mm-hmm. And I didn't play the DLC because I got the complete edition. Okay. I didn't play it because <laughs> it just, the, the difficulty spike was huge. Really? It okay. jumped up so high. So I wouldn't have to grind it for, like, another however many levels. So I'm just like, eh, I'm done. I, I, I got the story. I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. But I, that game, I... Because it's so cheap now, like I'm seeing it like 240. Well, I like picked it up a few months back. It was like the free game on PSN. Yeah. I was like, well, people keep talking about it. Sure, I'll pick it up. See yes. what happens. And yeah, you know, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a go. All my friends on Twitter are like, this is such a great game. It's such a good game. All right, let's see what. Ha- oh my god, it makes sense. Yes, it is such a good game. I have like very few criticisms about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the melee combat could have been better. But, eh, you, you know, you give what you, it's the first game. They'll fix it. So. Yeah, well, that too. And, you know, sometimes I'm okay with janky melee mm-hmm. because, like, what is the character? Who is the character? Yeah. What is the emphasis supposed to be? If the emphasis is supposed to be stealth and setting traps. Yes. Then that's where the yeah. gameplay should push. She's a hunter, so right. exactly. She, yeah, she's not an assassin. Yep. She's not a soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hunter. Yeah, uh, I made the same comparison way back when the latest or like the final Thief game came okay. out, mm-hmm. and it was constantly compared to Dishonored. Mm-hmm. I, I see the similarities. It's yeah. basically the same world. Okay, but Geralt was, or excuse me, not Geralt, oh, Jared. What was her name? Um, it was... What's a, a thief? Garrett. Garrett. Okay. Garrett is the name of uh, a thief. The okay, name. oh, yeah, okay. thief. I thought you were talking okay. about Horizon. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Aloy was... Uh, Aloy, that's right. But in Thief, Garrett, uh, horrible at melee combat. Yeah. He's a thief. Yeah. He his, his entire thing is 
swooping through shadows, mm-hmm. staying as hidden as you can, grabbing anything that isn't nailed down. He's a thief, not an assassin. So as somebody who's never played any of those games, but have played the Dishonored games, it, I would assume if you didn't tell me that you were just you were describing things, okay. you were describing Dishonored. So I completely understand why there's a comparison. Oh, there's definitely... Okay. Yeah, the, it's uh, kind of British constantly night uh, whaling town okay. like it's it's yeah. the same it's very similar setting but as far as combat is concerned thief had like z- nil like okay. almost you had like a blackjack you could knock people out with and like that's about it okay but again it's for stealth yeah like pure stealth okay so and I figure going back to like playing on the super easy difficulty like the only thing that changes is combat yeah and that's right. Yeah, bring it back to the combat, where that's the only thing that changes. The story doesn't change. No. Your interactions don't change. Nope. The settings don't change. Not in the slightest. So no. I, I can definitely feel where I'm just kind of bashing my way through because I have this whole arsenal of items and weapons that yeah. I never touch. <laughs> but it's like it's almost like it's like leveling up super high. So when you play a lot of these like RPG-ish games or Skyrim's, mm. even like. A uh, game that I played that I took a long time uh, grinding, which was um, Assassin's Creed or uh, Odyssey. Okay. I spent a lot of time grinding because there were huge difficulty spikes mm-hmm. where the lo- they have leveling systems and like you're level like 23 just for arbitrary numbers. Okay. And your next spot is level 30. So the game's forcing you to go out and do everything. And when you come back and you're going out against level 30 and you're a 40 like the game is significantly easier so mm. I can imagine like going on an easy difficulty it's basically just doing that for it's, the jump that's basically all it and is and I don't mind that it's actually way more fun <laughs> I can, and you're, I do get more interested in the story because I'm not spending time repeating the same episode or session mm-hmm. or segment over and over and over again trying to get this one little bit as I would do on like a super high difficulty that's fun for me for a game I know to its peak, sure. To its core, mm-hmm. I did that. What was it? One of the few games I've done that with was um, Metal Gear Solid Two. I did it on Extreme. Okay. It took me about a month, and it was like at a snail's pace, crawling, 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 trying to do this, redoing this section, redoing that. The last, the last boss took me about a week alone. And, and it was so um, yeah, it was pretty much just perfection mm-hmm. at that point like oh, yeah. you, you could not miss a step yep. you could not miss a twitch exactly just, yeah. and that was prior to all the the let's plays the, mm-hmm. the video walk oh boy okay so, and plus I again I already knew that game like the back of my hand so it wasn't that tough but still it was interesting okay it was interesting so I can understand yeah I definitely I should do that more often actually play more games is super easy blow through it. Yeah, it's... I, I want to experience the, the story. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I want to do. I want right. to know all these references and stuff like yeah. that. And if I have to keep... Oh, I gotta go back into the werewolf's lair again. Yeah. Gotta go back into the werewolf's lair again. Mm-hmm. Gotta go back into the werewolf's yeah. lair. Oh my god. Yeah. I know, okay? I know my dialogue options. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, I agree. Oh, I just need to go in. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aside from gaming, you do all sorts of stuff. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go into some yeah. of the fun ones first, okay. and then we'll get into like the meat of yeah, yeah, why yeah. I brought you yeah. on here. So I have <laughs> in the show notes, 
Bullet two, bullets A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. How long have you been DJing for? I've been DJing since 2013, 2014. Actually, no, I, no, 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 no. That's not like official. I was like basement bedroom DJing in like 2012. Okay. So you're looking at like almost eight, eight, eight years. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been uh, a long time. <laughs> so, uh, starting off basically just like basement parties and stuff like that yeah i was doing a lot of basement parties i bought a mixer i was just kind of just playing around with it with me and a friend and then i was doing we would, we would have house parties i we'd dj that mm-hmm. a little bit like daft punk style he'd feed me a song we'd i'd mix it oh nice. blah, blah. i'd mix it terribly <laughs> awful awful I, I actually found one of my old ones and it was I never. I wanted to delete it. It's so bad. Just a reminder where I came from. Well, and, right. Like I love yeah. all the. Let's go back to like my fr- podcasters to do that every once in a while. Let's yeah. go back to our first show. Oh, oh god, it's cringeworthy. <laughs> so yeah, started with that, and then slowly, sm- I got a job at a company doing weddings and. Mm-hmm. Went more into that, and now that's pretty much. I, I've done that. I've done bars. I've done clubs i've done um events uh, either large-scale fitness events it's just background music or, really yeah so what's that like um because actually you just posted a little something yep I was, let's talk about that real quick yep i was at the new york fitness expo um it's probably one of the largest local fitness expos it's an expo so it's everything you think of it's mm-hmm. a bunch of local fitness Vendors and companies kind of trying to sell you your product, their products, excuse me, with the exception of the CrossFit and the powerlifting who were having live competitions to kind of show you this is what we do, this is what it looks like. And I just provided music. Okay. And half the time it was just background music, half the time it was for the event. So for the powerlifters, I was providing their music for their lifts, changing it up every so often, kind of keeping everybody amped and a little bit of high, high energy, bringing it down while they talk, going back up, mm. this and that. Same thing for the girls, but during their workouts, high energy music, then some background music while everyone's kind of transitioning. So, so what do you do for the high energy music? A lot of like... EDM-ish remixes okay. or like Mubatan remixes. People like songs that they know, but at the same time, most of the songs that people know are a little bit lower end of the spectrum or at least uh, BPM-wise, a little slower song. So this keeps you familiar, mm-hmm. but keeps you a little bit higher energy and a lot of people appreciate it. It's like, oh, hey, it's an EDM mix of whatever. Yeah, uh, Sweet Caroline. That is just an example. What? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I have it, but I can definitely find it. It's, it exists. Oh, okay. Alright, so it's one of those internet things. Like, yeah. if it exists, it exists on the internet. Yeah, I know one I have is like um, All That She Wants by Ace of Base. Okay. Like an EDM-ish mix of that that well, was really good. You know, Ace of Base kind of had... Like for when was that? That was early nineties. It was nineties, yeah, yeah, mid nineties. But it still had like a dance aspect to yeah. it, so it would lend itself fairly mm-hmm. easily, fairly yes. quickly. Yeah. All right. But so a lot of that, and to my knowledge, and I'm going to make this claim because mm-hmm. I can, I can do what I want. <laughs> do what I want. To my knowledge, I'm the only real fitness DJ in the area that like specializes in it and that's kind of what the niche I'm trying to shoot for that is one hell of a niche yeah. okay so I know because I know a lot of these fitness competitions mm-hmm. like CrossFit powerlifting I mean outside of like I think weightlifting is the only one where they, they prefer dead silence mm-hmm. um, but all the other ones they like music they like having background music and I wanted to be the person that provides that music and says like hey i have these mixes 
you'll like them. I put them out. Mm -hmm. You know, people have like, they like the workout mixes and stuff like that and stuff when they work out. Why not just provide them that service? And that's what I'm slowly trying to do. That is really interesting. Yeah. To, so how often do these competitions happen around the capital region? Um, for the CrossFit ones, there are at least one a month, at least. Um, okay. So I do quite a few, especially in the summer. Um, I've done, I have one in March. I did the one in January. I have one in May, one in... Lord, if I had time, I would have done the one in, in uh, another one in March. Doing two at the end of the year, one in okay. June. Like I'm doing. So there's one constantly. Yeah, constantly all over the place. Yeah, and then if I start dipping into other competitions, like powerlifters want to take me to different areas, and they hold them like they hold them just as frequently. Hmm. So I can essentially be doing them like twice a month. Just background music, which is not bad at all. It's that's, very that's, easy. That is very easy to mm -hmm. do. Yeah, but there's obvious benefits for having a live DJ. Yes, I mean there's. When we had our wedding, and this is mm -hmm. one of like the big responsibilities of a wedding DJ. That's mm -hmm. that's way more than just throwing a CD and hit play. Yeah, you the DJ has quite a bit of responsibility. Absolutely, at, we, yeah, we definitely DJ. have to watch the crowd, and that's what we pride ourselves on. And that's what I would say is a difference between a good and bad DJ. Yes. Song selection definitely second, but reading a crowd. If a song is not working, that song needs to go. And one song that may work for one group does not work for another group. No. So no, it's you have to read that. You can't go and do the same playlist and call it a day. I mean, can you? Yes, there are songs that will work regardless, like ninety percent of the time. Well, yeah, your staples. Yeah, yeah, like all right, let's do this whole like okay, we're gonna do we are family. Okay, yeah. everyone yeah. get on the floor. Yeah. Yep. Do... and some people yeah they feel compelled. Those are winning songs. Yeah, so, I so you, you do it and yeah, you have fun with it. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's definitely yeah. As a wedding DJ, also it's so stuff. switching out songs. Uh, do you have any type of like beat mashing software to kind of like fade through? Yep, uh, yep. So, a bit? so most DJs use um, one of three softwares, which is Virtual DJ, Serato, DJ Pro, or Recordbox. I use Virtual DJ because that's just what I was taught on. Okay. I am trying to become familiar with the other ones. It's just taking some time because it's totally different beast for half of them. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, Virtual DJ has a lot of bells and whistles, whereas the other two are a little more stripped down. So I'm so used to the full package uh, going okay. back. So comparably, to make it mildly relevant, it's like going from a PS4 to a Sega. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can you do the same things on both? Absolutely. Okay. But one little more? Okay. More I was thinking more. Uh, so uh, we are again at the Bethlehem Library using mm -hmm. their podcast space, which is so cool. Yeah, it's very cool. So I nice. Like I like it. Uh, and for their recording software, it's just Audacity. Yeah. It's an open source audio recording yep. platform. Yep. It is. It will do whatever you need it to do mm -hmm. eventually. Yeah. But it's open source, so quit your bitching. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Uh, I've also used Adobe Audition. Yep. So beautiful to yeah. do some editing on. Yeah, that a lot of bells and whistles as well. Right. Yeah. So I would think of a fair comparison. Fair, very fair comparison. Yeah. All right. Yep. So that's, yeah, that's what I do to mix things and um, 
and kind of do all of the fancy stuff that people think is outside of pressing play. So. <laughs> all right. Uh, other thing you've been doing, mm-hmm. you consider yourself a funny man. Yes, yes. I've been doing stand-up comedy since uh, 2005. Okay. So I'm going on about 15 years. <laughs> yeah. That I've been doing for a while. I've slowed down quite a bit just because life happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still still just as... I'm still pretty great. I'm, I'm still doing stuff. Okay. So it's not like it's completely out, out of the blue. So. All right. So... Uh, what made you get into stand-up comedy? Like, actually, like, take the leap into it? Or? Um, I was in college, and there was a talent show. Okay. And I've always liked it. I've always liked watching it. So I decided to use other people's material. It wasn't mine. <laughs> um, I will say that for a fact, and I don't care who argues with me. And I decided to do it, and I won. And it was, like huge and I was like this was fun like that was a high that you'll ne- I've never experienced before no that, that a first success kind of high yeah it's very hard yeah one you're still tra- you're just, I've, I've chased and acquired multiple times mm. so um, very hard to acquire but still so I just started doing it more and more open mics open mics open mics competition here competition and then like it just slowly evolved and I was like at a peak of like doing like one or two shows a weekend. Oh, wow. Yeah, it went God, you got busy. I did get busy. And um, I wasn't paying anything crazy, but still traveled yeah. all over the place. Something that I've done in practically every state up and down the East Coast, minus, I think, outside of like Delaware. Okay. Like one of the, Delaware, Virginia. But like, I've hit an open mic somewhere or done a show somewhere. Oh, so you took your show on the road also. Oh, yeah. You didn't yeah. just keep doing the same yeah. spots in like the Tri-City area. No, 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 no. I If I had the opportunity to go somewhere, grab some friends, or just do it on my own, I've done it. I've, I've done my fair share. I've been invited places. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's something I've um, done for quite a bit. I won't say I'm one of the oldest in the area, but I am like up there for people <laughs> who in the area that have been doing it longer, mm-hmm. especially with this scene that has evolved that most people don't realize exists. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the people are a little more aware of it, but like you're talking like like 10 years ago, most people would have no idea it was a thing, at least locally, outside of like the comedy works. Okay. Or like the, um, the egg of the palace or something like that. So... Um, I've watched, I would say, almost 90% of the comedians locally evolve and either start. I can, you, na- you name a name, I could probably ballpark a good two, three years of when they started. Wow, okay. Because I've watched literally everybody. Okay. I try to stay well-connected, even in my absence, just to keep an idea of what's going on, mm-hmm. what I can do to help, and things of that nature. So, what's it like doing open mics because people will see open mics on like TV and movies and stuff like that and they vary widely so I'm going to guess based on certain open mics uh, in the movies that they're always very well attended and people are always responsive and happy to see you perform um I'd say it's a good 50-50 so okay. It depends on what kind of open mic you go to. So there's there's mixed open mics or general open mics, and then comedy open mics. So comedy open. Oh, mics so they have specifically comedy yes, open mics. They are very specific, and then they're okay. mixed. So you're getting different crowds. Sometimes you're getting people who 
if you go to a comedy open mic, you're getting people who are there to see comedy, so they understand. Okay, so that yeah. when you have that kind of specialty booking or mm-hmm. billing, yeah, I'm not sure what the proper term would be, mm-hmm. but like that's the theme of the night. Yes, so you're going to get people who want to see comedy. So yes. that definitely helps. That clearly. does help to an extent. Um, it's some comedy, something that is is actually good to almost spring on the audience or the unsuspecting public because. When you go to something like a comedy open mic, there is a level of expectation that some people walk in there with. That okay. it is it, a comedy open mic, is, like any open mic, is a workout room. A lot of things will not work. Like nights, like ninety percent miss, ten percent hit. And unless you're doing the same thing that hits every single time, then you yeah, okay. and then it's almost like why are you there? So it's like why it's like seeing a huge guy at the gym. It's like you're done. You're like, okay. you're fine. <laughs> yeah, you good. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, uh, so they go there with the expectation that they're going to see like high level comedy, like you're you're mm. high. Anybody famous, you're, you're going to think you're seeing that, and instead you're seeing like poorly thought out jokes or like super offensive material that people are still evolving mm. and trying to get out. So it, people are like, "Well, this is not what I think when okay. it comes to an open mic." Now, some of them, when you go. They are fun, and there are a lot of there are some that bring uh, when a large crowd is there. It is a great time, and it might as well just be like a paid show. Nice, everybody has a good time, but it's again, it's hit and miss. You can get one or the other, and, and it's open like so that by its very nature. I've been to a handful. Yeah, uh, back when I was kind of doing my promotions and booking in the mm-hmm. local music scene, mm-hmm. been to a handful of open mics, mm-hmm. and you know, if you go to one. Be respectful, please, because these are people. It takes a lot to get on stage. It does. People don't really realize. So I kind of helped out with a previous outfit with like a local music competition, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there are some people on there. Like it was clear that this was their first time either on stage or on stage of in front of a large crowd with spotlights. Yeah. When you get on stage, Mm -hmm. I tell people this all the time. You get on stage, you can't see the crowd. You can't see anybody. Yeah. You see lights. You yeah. just, you They're completely whitewash. Yep. And thankfully, I've been through that a few times, so I can, your eyes will adjust, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> They'll yeah. adjust. They do. They do. They definitely do. But I remember certain benefit shows I have emceed, and I can't see anyone. Yeah. And I'm just addressing the crowd, praying to God. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're listening. Yeah, you're kind of like, it might as well be speaking to a wall. You basically are. Yeah. It's a white wall of light. you see nothing, you see no reaction, then that's one of the best things. I, when, I'm on, when I've done stages where there are blinding lights, if I can see one face, I'm focusing on that face, and they are the gauge for everybody else's <laughs> reaction. So if I'm getting them laughing... Okay, good. The easiest or the hardest person, yeah. that means to me, that's generalized. That's the entire group of people. And, and yeah. sometimes it's not really the, the case, but that's okay. <laughs> it helps me. Listening, please, at least yeah. a chuckle. Can mm-hmm. I please at least get a chuckle? Yeah. Some type of reaction. Sometimes you can't hear and it, it, it's tough. Oh, yeah. Okay. And hearing yourself on monitors. Yeah. If this is the first time you've mm-hmm. worked with monitors, yeah. Yeah. that slight delay can throw you something it, fierce. It, it definitely does. And that, that, that's the thing. That, that comedy doesn't work in every setting. It's really built for like your typical New York City kind of venues it's mm-hmm. low ceilings okay. small everyone's tight packed together the the light is only on you but you should still be able to see everybody it's not blinding lights mm-hmm. to really accent it should be i think what was it i think it's like reds and yellows 
and oranges. Okay. So you can see the facial expression, but it's not too much. It's not blinding. Because now I'm thinking back to videos of various other comedy shows and a Mike type things. Again, on TV and yep. the movie, where it's always those colors. Yes. Okay, those so there's are, a purpose for there that. There is a purpose for that. It, it, it allows you to, your eyes, which, I mean, eyes adjust to red lights anyway, especially when it's dark. It's way better. Okay. That's why, like, old, old school, like, submarines and... Um, and battleships, mm -hmm. they use those. It's easier to adjust when you're walking out oh. instead of a white light. I mean, I'm sure you can go into a bright room and then the pitch black. It's like it's darker than it actually is, mm. and it takes a while for your eyes to adjust. But if you go from red to black, you'll you'll adjust very well. So you can still see everybody. Yes, and you can still gauge those reactions. You can also talk to people. I mean, comedy isn't about it. It's not. It's not poetry. You're not just reciting things and moving on mm -hmm. you're looking for reactions you're looking to, to engage with people of all the different art forms where yeah. you need to feed off the audience yes. that's gotta be like it that's is. your entire purpose yes that is the purpose if you're not getting a laugh then it's like what are you doing right so so moving on the reason why you're on here mm -hmm. mental health school counselor yes okay so now we're gonna get a little bit more serious mm -hmm. but yep. So how long have you been doing this? Um, I've only been working within the school for going on a year. Uh, okay. I've been a mental health counselor for going on like four or five years. Right. So, but within the school setting, probably about a, a year. I'm in within a middle school currently. Okay. I was in a combination alternative school, middle school and high school prior to that. And then I moved down to the middle school. Okay, so so what were the differences between those, these two settings? Let's start with um, that. I mean, the two settings are like vastly different just in nature of what they are. The alternative school is like a totally different beast. Okay, so what is an alternative school? So alternative school is um, almost, it's exactly what it, it's described as. So um, if you're a traditional high school, kids going to school at 8.30 or 8 o'clock to 3 o'clock, the alternative school are, they have evening programs, the, um, okay. the classrooms are smaller. For one of them, it was for kids who failed their freshman year. So they would not only do their freshman, but they would do their sophomore year simultaneously to help them catch up. That's yeah. a lot. It is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. It's different things um, that help benefit the kids. And I thought the idea was like awesome. And there have been wide success for that. I mean, oh, simply, the small, simply the smaller classrooms is like hands down one of the best benefits. And that can be like an entire discussion. We've been going on for a little while, so I don't want to yeah. dip too yeah. much into that. Yeah. But like classroom sizes, dude, can yeah. we please get them down? Yeah, they're enormous. And I mean, there's there's a multitude of reasons behind it. I, I, like, so. there, I'll, I will say this. There is, I can't remember what school district or what organization put the video out, but it was just a slow pan of a classroom. You might have seen this, probably seen this, where it's like, here's a class, it's a typical classroom mm -hmm. with 15 students. Mm -hmm. And it pans across. Yeah. The, there are 20 students. Yeah. 25 students. Yeah. 30. Yeah. 35. Yeah. Like, 40 students. Like, yeah. you... How do you... When I was in high school, it was about 25. In 20 to 25, it was the average for high school. And we felt like we got enough attention for what we needed. Likewise. I think we were around 20. If we got up to 28, that was yeah. a larger... Yeah. That was a larger... But yeah, so I can imagine these 30s, these 35, 40s are overwhelming for some of these guys. And like, how much are you really learning if you're... 
air quotes, class seat mm-hmm. is the middle of the radiator. Yeah. On, on the side of the room. Yeah. Like, it, that's that's not a learning environment. No, that's not a learning environment. So, any any reasons for that is beyond me and probably not the best. And it's, there's, I believe there's a reason for everything. So, mm-hmm. I'm open to hearing about, hearing it, but... Logically implausibility, plausibly yeah. probably not. Lecture halls are a different story. They are. Okay, once you get into the college setting, yeah. and you have, I mean, I, I never had any I of the 200, yeah. 300 student lecture halls, but that the purpose for that is, hey, this is, you know, Western Civ for freshmen. Yeah. All right. Everybody, get in the room. You're all getting the same information. Mm-hmm. Three quarters of you don't care about this, yeah. but it's for your college. So, but at the same time, there's a level of expectation of responsibility too. There's a level of responsibility in the collegiate yeah. level. Yes. Yeah, you, you, they believe that at that level, you should be able to take notes. I mean, you can ask a question. No one's going to stop you from that. But you, at least, the individualized attention is unneeded because it is what itself, what it's called. It's a lecture. So that in virtue is. <laughs> What you're, you're supposed to be just hearing it and mm. moving on. Take it, go away. Right. So that is a completely different application, completely yeah. different beast. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So what type of, of course, on like the highest level possible, mm-hmm. uh, what type of issues have you been focusing on with the we, students that you've been meeting So we deal with a lot of... Um, of the highest level, we deal with a lot of suicide. That, that's, oh, like, that's, like, okay. that's, that's probably why we're there suicide would be definitely number one anxiety and depression middle number two and then truancy is actually really why we were put in the schools to be really yeah a lot of of kids not wanting to go to school which could trickle down to the other two could trickle down to anxiety depression the suicide it can trickle down to bullying things of that nature i mean the bullying i don't really touch because that's not really I can only teach them how to cope. I can't really teach them how to do much about it. I can't sit down and have the bully sit in their room and the mm. mediation is not really doing much. All right. But yeah, those are the, the prime reasons. But suicide, number one. That's that's what I get and that's what I see quite often. Which as in my experience, in my experience only, because I don't want to speak for a lot of people, is one of two things. One, it's legitimate suicidal ideations. Kids are becoming a little more depressed and a little more anxious and jumping to those conclusions more often, more frequently, which is scary. But at the same time, the other one is the inability to properly identify thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Okay. So there are a good handful of kids where I've been trained suicide. I'm assist certified, which is pretty much, I could talk somebody off a ledge. That's basically, really? yeah, that's okay. what I honestly, within my class, we came back from lunch and my teacher was standing on a chair and said, talk me down where we all freaked out and we're like, what? Wow. So okay. we went through everything. She's like, use everything, you know, and talk it down. So, um, so we've really learned how to distinguish a lot of suicide. Um, some people get triggered by the word suicide very quickly and they have to jump and we have to keep this person safe, this and that. Sometimes it's not that. Sometimes the kid doesn't know how to properly express their emotions or identify their emotions. Okay. So they jump to the extreme. I'm sure you've done it in your lifetime, as most kids have done it in their lifetime. And most people, at least adults, done it in their lifetime. We've all played basically, uh, we've called 911 and hung up. And we don't realize the ramifications of that until it happens. 
And that's what I see more with the kids. They're saying, I want to kill myself, but they really don't mean it. But they realize that gets them what they want. So they jump to that extreme. And my job is to dial them back and say, all right, let's, we know what you want. Let's get you, uh, let's find a way for you to say it in a different context that doesn't Mm -hmm. cause chaos. Uh, If you're depressed or like you're frustrated, you can say that. I'm having a bad day, not I want to go and kill myself. While I understand you want to go kill yourself, you might want to dial it back and say, I really want, I'm just really frustrated. Why do you want to kill yourself? You're frustrated? That's what we need to identify. That's how we fix the issue. And there was a, there was a few kids that, that I didn't, I don't want to say I called their bluff, but they come down to my office and say, I was thinking about, I'm, I, I, I want to kill myself. And I'm like, no, you don't. We've talked about this before. Because mm. you're coming down here from the same class for the same reason every single time and we know it's you when you get stressed this this is the conclusion that you you mm. jump to and i'm not trying to deny it because i said if you really want to kill yourself you let me know yeah but okay we have both determined that your reasons behind it are kind of illogical because when it comes to suicide if there's no plan no specific plan or specific time then there's something else going on people who want to kill themselves are going to do it like that that is that is fact mm-hmm. they're going to do it they're really not going to tell anybody and if they are trying to tell us if they do tell people they want they want that's their last hope of you t- stopping them telling like, you don't do it like we've hit this level yeah at this point like i i need th- this is the cry for help that's yes. not actually using those words yes that, and that's basically what it is so but if there's no plan and no specific time frame mm-hmm. you're usually Good, and that's. I think a lot of people struggle to realize that, and they fear that because there's this myth that you can talk somebody into killing themselves if you talk about suicide. It's not even true. It's not suicide is not contagious. Okay. Um, there have been like cases where there have been like group suicide, but that's that's very few and far between. I feel like that would be more of a case study. Yeah. Like there's something else going on Um, there. I don't know if mom mentality or group thought would be. Involved. Well, I, there have been studies I've proven that we are more likely to do things if we feel like everybody else is doing doing them. So jumping to a non, not really as uh, depressing topic, but like voting. Mm-hmm. When if we think more people are voting, we're more li- more likely to vote. Okay. So, so do you have any anything that you can share as far as you mentioned? coming to the person from like a different angle or asking different questions yeah. any f- thoughts you can share on that um clarify okay yeah. so so with my three-year-old mm-hmm. he has issues identifying emotions mm-hmm. as i'm sure every three-year-old <laughs> so common <laughs> yeah so all right and I have learned, and I like had this kind of idea early on. Like, I'm, he's not going to be able to. He doesn't even know the words. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even know the word. He doesn't know the concepts. Mm-hmm. So when he's upset, like, mm-hmm. I, you can't keep asking the same question. Mm-hmm. You need to vary it up. Mm-hmm. Like, I hurt. Well, what hurts? Yeah, I hurt. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, get into more specific. Is it your leg? Mm-hmm. Is it your back? Yeah. Is it? The, it can't just say what hurts. Yeah, you can okay. definitely talk about the ridiculous first, 
and have sure. to eliminate that first. So does your head hurt? No. Does your heart hurt? Uh, does your entire body hurt? No. Okay, so it's something inside. Yes. And okay. that's, that helps them kind of eliminate that. One of my biggest tools that I use for any kid, and it's in my office, there's about, I think, like 30 of them, but there are smaller ones, is this poster of how are you feeling, and it's a bunch of emotions with pictures of a person doing that emotion and okay. like in a face. So I feel, I feel confused. I feel angry, angry. I mm. feel sad. And that it's easier for a kid to identify by seeing it okay. versus articulating it because they still lack that ability. So I say, look at that poster and tell me how you feel. Pick one to three. Mm. And usually they're picking three. So people like, options whatever. okay sure but they pick three within the same wheelhouse within the really same it's, okay it's rarely across the board and if it is there's something else going on that that usually sig- sig- uh, signals me to say like you're messing around or something's different something's something off okay so if they're if they're depressed they'll say i feel alone isolated or no, a sad isolated and numb and i'm like okay those all sound like depression okay would that be accurate to say yes okay, okay. so next time you you instead of saying i hurt you say i feel blah 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 blah, blah or just say i feel depressed and that's teaching kids how to identify all right and it's just swapping the word out because I understand where they're coming from. They're just saying what they know. It's the only word in their and This is what I know right now. Yeah. Like, like uh, something is wrong. I'm mm-hmm. pantomiming to my body right now. Mm-hmm. Something is wrong in yeah. here. Yep. Something hurts. Mm-hmm. That's the extent of my language capabilities yes. at this time. So you have to add those words in to properly teach them. And the graphic, you graphic as in picture. Yes. <laughs> this is a gaming podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the use of graphics. Yep. You definitely do. must help. It does. And I mean, with the more complex kids and more simplistic, I mean, with more younger kids, you can find simpler ones that are like, I just Googled one that is, uh, that is 16, four by four. Uh, okay. I'm going to... Uh, there we go. Okay. You can literally do feelings chart, just Google image and you'll find a bunch and you can print it out and hand it and say, point out what's, what's your, what, what you feel that will help them identify, especially now that kids are so technologically advanced and so mm-hmm. used to things that most of them are emojis and emojis are something that kids completely. Uh, we understand. know what emojis are. Yeah. And they're really good too. Yeah, they are really good. <laughs> Whoever has designed these emojis, wow! Genius. So we'd love to know who did it. But that at least helps them picture wise, okay. and you can find it for any anything and anyone. And yeah, this one is one, two, four, six, seven, two, four, six, eight, ten. You have seventy. There's another one that's about seventy characters. Oh wow! Okay. And wow, that's a lot. Okay. But it, it, most of them you would think are in the same category enraged horrified frightened the faces look relatively the same but mm-hmm. at least if they narrow it down to something like that they'll be able to and i wouldn't use that with like a three-year-old i'd use that more with like an eighth grader or ninth grader or something okay. like that so with the with the younger younger kids you're mm-hmm. limited so okay so yeah it's it's a lot of okay we have the big picture of what's going on mm-hmm. it's it's a little too macro yeah. we need to start narrowing there, it down yeah yeah all right. So yeah, that's how I typically deal with uh, when it comes to the suicide. Trying to I properly identify. I mean, if they tell me they come with a, they, I plan. I've had get done. Plan to do it today after school at this time. This is how I'm going to do it. Okay, we're gonna t- we're gonna take this to the next level. Mm. But even if somebody says 
I want to do it this way. Like I had somebody say, I want to get a gun. Now, do I think they have access to a gun? Absolutely not. Just because I know this person. Mm. But that's still like step one that I'm trying to. But at the same time, we have time. We have time to talk you down a little bit, calm you down, figure out what's going on, really. And are the kids, like, open to sharing stuff with you? Um, most. Okay. And I think it's, it, it, it's a lot of rapport building. It's giving them a safe space to kind of talk about it, talk mm-hmm. about it, so they know they have a place to talk about it. Not to take away from their parents, and no, most of them can't talk to their parents, but it's a, it's a third party. It's a neutral party. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling your parents, and I tell them, this is the only reason I'll tell your parents something, A, B, and C. <laughs> Because I have to, but other mm-hmm. than that, everything that you say stays with me and stays only with me. And at least they know they can just dump their feelings and walk away. Just like anybody going to You know, thing. sometimes that's all you need to do. Like, mm-hmm. I just need to get this out. Mm-hmm. I need to have someone help me process this. Yep. And that's and what we do a lot of processing. Okay. A that's another of, big one? Yeah. It's just me asking questions, poking holes, and saying, why do you think that is? Why do you, why do you think? And most of it is, I don't know. It's like, that's all right. <laughs> Life is confusing. Yeah, but it's just posing the question. Maybe they're thinking about it after they leave. Why do I freak out when I have math homework? And they get home and they're like, you know what? I really hate math homework. I don't like math. I'm not good at it. Boom. Okay. Figure out you're at. Just by asking the right questions. So. <laughs> I'm pushing 40. Yeah. I, no one understands life. Trust me, Ken. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we just got a grid of like, eh, life is confusing. Yep. All right, moving on. <laughs> that, that, that's, also tell, that's also helpful for them. Telling them what they th- see as somebody who's almost three times their age and telling them, like, you're not going to figure this out, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Or when you get older, it'll be figured out. You, you, you'll know mm-hmm. by this age, or on average, you should know by this age. So mm-hmm. you don't need all the answers now. Because I work in a middle school, really, and okay. like that. it's a confusing age. It's a very confusing age. Very. So I did my, um, my bachelor's is in education. Okay. And one of my placements was in the middle school. Yeah. And I worked in a middle school technology room. Mm-hmm. So much fun, so yes. much fun. Yes. But I'm at seventh grade. Yep. We had the sixth graders and the eighth graders mm-hmm. on either side. Yeah. The sixth graders look like they should still be in elementary school yep. and the eighth graders are looking like they should be in high, high school. school yeah. That that three year span is like, huge. I can't even imagine. Well it's interesting because the concept of middle school is still relatively new. It was only created in like nineteen fourteen. Okay. And statistically it's already it's been proven that it doesn't work. Oh that really? you should not oh. be grouping those kids together, specifically the sixth graders. Sixth sixth graders should remain with the fifth graders and the seventh and eighth graders, that's a good age. So your your absolutely your junior high schools are are actually educationally wise more more successful and better. Okay. Because there's a lot of maturity and even hormones and everything you know, oh, yeah. going on during that time. That, that short period, I, I went to junior high school, that short period, granted feels very short, but you feel like there's a lot that goes on in that There's season. so much that happens. So much. And you're adjusting. And to go to basically elementary school level of doing things to like a middle high school, mm-hmm. like the expectation to be an adult at a sixth grade mm-hmm. is tough. I, I feel like making that transition from sixth to seventh grade is huge and going to a new building you're like okay i'm going to a new building i have to be more adult i have to be more mature i'm around new kids yes but a lot of these sixth graders they still come in thinking this is elementary school they struggle with the idea of not having 
uh, recess. Now you have to do all this work. It's tough for them. It's very tough for them. And even academically, we haven't even, the curriculum wise, I haven't jumped to fixing, bridging that gap. So the okay. jump from sixth to seventh grade is huge. So you're taking a sixth grader that's doing something that should have been doing in elementary school, but now putting them in the stress of a new environment with twice the amount of kids. Yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> so. into our first article and yeah and this is actually one that you posted and like the main reason why why you're here today yeah. is therapists are using Dungeons and Dragons to get kids to open up it's a yes. Kotaku article yep. and there's a lot of good stuff in here yeah and this has actually been around since like 2016 this is I'm surprised they're just posting this again but okay I, yeah so this is actually a 2017 article okay yeah uh, but it was recently reposted yep. uh, Kotaku uh, it's been socials getting yeah it's been getting bigger from my understanding and is I, it yeah okay so go ahead let's okay. talk about so <laughs> I personally don't do it but mm -hmm. it's something that I'm considering doing it I know a few people that are doing it within their agencies around the area mm -hmm. um, so long story short it's basically it's a um, passive approach to having kids talk about their feelings in as opposed to um, directly asking them the questions. So most kids are not, especially now, are not good at answering direct questions. You almost gotta like mind trick them like and suggestively sell these ideas to them for them to generally understand what they're feeling. So if I say, how are you feeling today? Most of them are gonna say, I don't know. And they're just gonna, they're gonna stonewall you with that. Okay. I don't know, eh, they'll, they'll hit you with that and Especially kids, they're really good at waiting parents out or an adult out. <laughs> they will sit in silence till you leave them alone. And they've learned very simply that adults don't want to sit around. We're so focused on moving so quickly and getting everything done, not wasting time that when they sit there in silence, they, the parent or adult is going to just answer the question for you and move on. They don't want to sit there in silence. So a lot of them in my session, when they say, I don't know, I sit there and I wait for them to figure it out. I make them uncomfortable mm -hmm. because... Well, I'm doing some self-reflection right now with my own toddler. Yeah. And there's there have been so many days, nights, whatever, where he's just adamant about, like, he is not going to put his socks on. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's toddler level that we're mm -hmm. talking about. I've sat in this room for a full half hour as he screamed at me. I'm like, I'm, yeah. you're putting your socks on, kid. Mm -hmm. I am not going to let you wait this because I do not want you to learn that mm -hmm. this is a possibility. Yep. And so I compare, I don't, think, I, I don't want anybody to take offense to it. I compare children to dogs quite often. Okay. Because I'm currently raising a puppy. She's, two, she's also three. She's three years old. Godspeed, sir. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's tough. Did but. you get this puppy as a puppy? Uh, eight months. Okay, so that, that's that's legit puppy. But there was just... a lot of things going on. To, there was a lot of trauma that that puppy. Oh, I just okay. through the transition of, of, of housing. Went from, okay. Went from a house to the, to mm -hmm. the uh, adoption agency to my place. So there was a lot of transition that the dog struggled sure. with. And missed on a lot of premier puppy stuff like potty training all that kennel training a lot of mm -hmm. stuff like that 
um, within that process. But still, there's a lot of things that kids do that dogs do almost at the same time. And the one thing is is the the uh, action and response kind of thing. Okay. Um, so a kid will do something looking for a specific response. If they get the response, even if the, what they're doing is not the right thing to do, they're going to continue doing it because as a system, it gets what they need. Yep. So just using your, your three-year-old, mm-hmm. if, they, if they have been taught, if he's been taught, if I throw a tantrum, I don't have to put on my socks. He's going to do that every single time yep. until it happens. And so there's a thing called the extension method when it comes to, to dogs. Which is, um, not the extinction method, well, it's extinction thought process, which is my dog does it all the time. If I'm not paying attention to her, she starts barking and she barks at a very high pitch. It's not like a, I want your, it's not like there's a predator or somebody in the house, intruder, or I'm hungry. It is a super high pitch for my attention. And I've learned that the longer I ignore it, you gotta be really stubborn with it. You gotta mm-hmm. be more stubborn than they are. She will eventually learn, okay, this is not getting their attention. I need to figure something out, which she has. She, she'll she bark, 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 and it's, we've, I've waited her out for maybe like half an hour, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then she'll run up to me and put her head on my lap, and that's when I'll pay attention to her. And she learns, okay, this is how I get the attention of what I want. Right. And you have to learn to pretty much ignore them. And that's how kids are. They do things whatever way they can. They're just trying to figure it out. It's not, they're not doing it maliciously. Mm-hmm. They're trying to figure out how do I get what I want. They're learning, this is how I behave yes. in society. Mm-hmm. And I've used the examples, again, back to my uh, bit of education mm-hmm. with behavior modification yep. and the idea of reward and punishment. Yep. And, you know, when you actually get into it, reward and punishment are very different things, but like positive and negative, yeah. positive isn't always good. No. Negative isn't always bad. Yeah. You can have negative rewards. Yes, absolutely. And negative reinforcement, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Reinforcement. So for the reinforcement, it is, I want you to repeat that action. Yep. So I will reinforce it. Mm-hmm. I want you to not repeat that action. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I will punish it. Yeah. And then we got into the like the consistency of it all. Mm-hmm. So if I respond to something the first time, mm-hmm. every time, that's going to be your expectation. Yep. If I respond to something the fifth time, mm-hmm. that will create a behavior mm-hmm. of persistence. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. that'll tell you I gotta do it five times before I get I get what I want. Right. Or by extension, mm-hmm. I I will eventually, would you agree with that statement? Like, Mm -hmm. I will eventually get what I want Mm -hmm. if I keep it up. And that just goes back to, like, the kids waiting them out, waiting them out. If I sit here quietly, they'll leave me alone. That is the thought process that a lot of them have. And they very rarely run into an adult that's like, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to let you know we're not going anywhere until you do it. Cynically speaking, Mm -hmm. but probably applicable, the uh, cliche of the teenager going, just leave my room already. Yeah. But that's basically Mm -hmm. what it is. Like, oh, we just leave already. I know you're going to anyway. Cynically speaking, Mm -hmm. but that's actually what's happening. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's exactly what's happening. So just jumping back to the article, Mm. so they struggle with being asked asked direct things. Okay. This allow this allows them to kind of it's a lot of role. I mean, it's D and D, so it's role playing. Clearly, it's role playing. But 
what a lot of people were realizing and some of the creators were realizing that they put their own selves, they, they their projected selves, what they want to be. Yes, and there's something I want to get into. Yeah, yeah into the character. So they've been given to the kids because the kids, their ability to create imaginative things like very like bass and, and really crazy different things is is limited their imagination is very limited so okay the first thing they're going to play off of is their own self like go to any cool. video, go to any video game with a creative character what's the number one thing you do you create somebody who looks like you yes. or somebody that you want to be and whether it be like you have your ball and you want short you want long hair or you want this cool scar over your eye you want tattoos it's your ideal self. And that's what they're finding with D&D that, all right, this is your ideal self. How would your ideal self act in this situation? And it's kind of like, it's a very passive way to confront uh, certain expectations or certain ideals that the kids may have. Okay, so piggybacking off that a little bit, I just went through like my character creation process of like countless games, mm-hmm. and one of them in particular, going way back to Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Okay, yeah, yeah. so we're going way back yeah, yeah. into that. And I remember creating myself, and yeah, I tried to get as close to the facial expressions as I yeah. can, but that was during like my punk rock days. Yeah, and mm-hmm. all tatted up. Yeah, sometimes shirtless mm-hmm. to show off the tats. Yep. get the backwards hat, the cargo shorts, the whole th- like that skater bro. Yeah, bro's full process. So let, let me ask you this. All right. So you have that, which is probably the total opposite of what you would do, correct? Pretty much, actually. So yeah. what that shows to me is, especially with the shirtless thing, the shirtless thing is like a, a, a very easy to, to pick up on. Shirtless, walking around shirtless means you have the confidence to walk around shirtless because most people don't. Okay. So it, it kind of goes down to like a confidence, not issue, but confidence thing going on. Would you say that's roughly accurate? Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, okay. So that's how it's used. Yeah. People tell their Dude, story. Psychoanalyze yeah. this. Go for it. So I... In my advanced stage, quote unquote, mm-hmm. I, I can take it. I, and like, this is like, I, I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have changed as a person dramatically. Yeah. So, but like, do more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's the, so even the tattoos, tattoos are like a, a way of self-expression. Yes. So, and that would be, so your ideal self would be somebody who expresses themselves through tattoos. So just kind of going backwards, I would say there's somebody back then you were somebody who struggled to find a way to oh, absolutely. express yourself. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, Jeez. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I mean, this DNA thing could go to character creation in any, oh, yeah. any, and, any kind of game. And then that same time frame, mm-hmm. I had Diablo 2 okay. on my PC. Mm-hmm. And so my friends would mm-hmm. come on my computer and, and play. Yep. And I, you know, I played as the, the sword and shield mm-hmm. uh, paladin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Another friend, mm-hmm. tall, lanky, mm-hmm. very quiet, mm-hmm. played as a necromancer. Okay. Another friend, mm-hmm. we called him Tex. Yep. Okay. He came in, barbarian, dual wielding, mm-hmm. battle axes. I'm like, so go, Tex, go. I would I would say, is somebody who runs into situations head first, and they want to handle yep. they want to handle problems. Like they want to handle it on. So if they had an argument with somebody, there's somebody who wants to like, all right, let's fix this right now. Yep. Like let's just get this argument over and move on. Where. Some of the, so I'll use myself as an example. I, for some reason, I, I realized this uh, after playing um, the first Borderlands a while okay. ago that I love being a sniper. Okay. Like even now, even thinking about it, as my as I'm playing Skyrim, 
I love, I'm really going crazy on being an, on my archery. And that's because I know myself, I like to look at situations, analyze it, pretty much be in and out. I like to just kind of snipe things. So just try to mm-hmm. hit the issue from a distance and just pretend like I was never there. And not as an avoidance thing, but I'm very logical and methodical on how I approach situations. And that's why, like like a sniper, they have to go away, mm-hmm. analyze the area, look around, how do I complete this? How do I shoot this person or whatever? Mm-hmm. And it's it's a lot of tactic. So for me right now, I'm playing as a warlock in Destiny. Okay. And mm-hmm. pulse rifles and scout rifles. Okay. Yep. So it's from a little bit of a distance. Yep. But I also enjoy playing a support character mm-hmm. because in my mindset, it's if I can help everyone succeed, yep. then I succeed as well. Yep. Yep. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't care if I don't have the highest kill count. Yep. Right? I want to complete the raid. Yeah. And if I can beat that support character, so for those who, do you play Destiny? I used to. I okay. played Destiny 2 recently, and then I stopped because... So I, many good games out. I, I just got into it, and then I got out. I, I think I got it. It was free on the on PSN. Oh. Okay. Um, well, I think it's free to play now. Yeah. Yeah, it's free to play now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why how I found it. I'm like, all right, I'll jump back into it. And then I realized, oh my god, there's a lot to do with this. So and I don't have the time for this. Understood. So. Totally understood. But yeah, so right now I got, for the Destiny play, Mm-hmm. I've got my Warlock running Well of Radiance with my Phoenix Protocol mm-hmm. armor set, which recharges your super ability as yep. you get. And I found that in like so many situations, mm-hmm. especially like the public events, community events, yeah. I dropped this like giant radius from my flaming sword, mm-hmm. and everyone's health regen skyrockets or their damage output yep. skyrockets. If I can drop that in community events, we burn through things yeah. very quickly. And that makes people be drawn to you. You're you're not about you're not about going to find people. You're about pulling people in to you. That's, okay, that's, that's what that sounds like. Because who wouldn't want to be around somebody where the health regenerates in there and their their damage output? All right, it yeah. Goes out. I mean, so you're you sound you strike me as somebody just based on that that likes to share the wealth. Yes, is keep because you would think somebody would get that and be like, "That's me. I'm keeping that radius strictly for me, so I can be the best." Mm-hmm. But you're somebody who, like collectivists, all of us succeed. Let me. Okay, that's awesome. I'm going to bring it back to my uh, gig hosting days. Yep. So I call myself Elite Media, mm-hmm. and I use a lyric from Atmosphere mm-hmm. as like on the back of my T-shirts. Yep. This industry's big, so big. In fact, we can all get some if we can give some back. Exactly. Yep. There it is. I love slug. <laughs> so good. Yes. yes. Seen him a few times, but yeah. Uh, yeah you never the, got around to see it, but that's a whole other yeah. story. So, yeah, I can definitely see where you project yourself mm-hmm. however you want to be, whatever you picture yourself mm-hmm. as. And let me know if this is like uh, in alignment with what you've experienced. It's a game. Mm-hmm. So there's very little actual consequence. No, there's, there's no consequence whatsoever. Like, and the ability to undo your undo your decisions. Okay. So what makes us... I'm jumping back a little more into biology, psychology. Hey, what makes fine. us different than, than animals is our prefrontal cortex. Our prefrontal cortex is a virtual reality simulator, to put it very simply. Okay. We as humans are able to take in our entire surroundings and play out in our heads multiple scenarios and pick the one that benefits us personally the best. So, for example, you are crossing the street, not an intersection. You're quote-unquote jaywalking. 
you're, you're taking in all the information. There's cars coming to my left, there's cars coming to my right. My destination is across the street. Now, yes, I can walk to the end of the street, hit the button, wait, and wait and safely cross, or I can run across when there's no cars, or I can aimlessly just walk, run across and not worry about the cars. So what benefits me the most at that situation? Now, if I'm somebody who I need to get over to the other side because my baby is locked in a, in a super hot running car, I'm gonna do what works best for me and run across regardless of the traffic because while that may not benefit everybody, that benefits me at that point because my situation is an emergency. So that's where that's where why it kind of seems like maybe it's not the best idea, mm-hmm. but you have to think why did I because I'm not gonna aimlessly walk across the street because I feel like and there's nothing to stop me. Most people will choose the option that is safest while getting their goal. So going back so we're getting into like a value structure here. yeah value structure so sorry go back to the question I don't know why I just, I just spaced out uh, you can project yourself into the Dungeons and Dragons campaign mm-hmm. with little to no consequence and yes. okay Good. now it makes sense <laughs> sorry <All right. laughs> it took me a second so, so, I, so same thing with that same thing with so animals can't do that they, they okay. react they, fight or flight fight fight freeze that's all they can do okay. we can at least foresee our situation. So going back with that, when it comes to scenarios like this, you can say, all right, you're facing a bully. You have three options. You can fight them, you can run away, you can tell them to leave you alone. Let's try each one of them in real time and this is what will happen. So they'll be able to play those out. Okay. And it goes from real life to mentally that they'll be able to say, okay, if a bully comes and wants to bother me, saying leave me alone is will be my best option in and because I played it out in all three scenarios. So and that's the great thing about it. Like they can do it, see the natural reaction mm-hmm. instead of imagining it, because your your imagination, while good, is dangerous because it can do wildly different things mm-hmm. and most people will jump to extremes. So if they think they're they have bullies they think, all right, what happens if I punch the bully? I punch him and knock him out. He flies through 15 walls. And that's plausible. <laughs> to, to a kid, that's plausible. Right. They, they think that's real. Yeah. If I tell them to leave, if I run away, now they're going to chase me and beat me up to a pulp and mm. I'm dead. Versus if I tell them to leave me alone, I might, they might argue with me and they might not. That's where things get a little gray. So that's where role-playing things okay. kind of helps a lot better for kids because sometimes kids need to see things and actually do it because being told is not classic stove situation classic right yeah they're gonna they're gonna do it regardless so but sometimes they need to see it you can tell them all you want but Mm. I was also wondering, as far as the counselor is concerned, mm-hmm. you get to observe what choices the person makes. Yes. And just like you were just psychoanalyzing me, mm-hmm. uh, it, like, okay, this is the character that they chose, mm-hmm. and this is what they choose to do yep. in these different situations. Yep. And use that information kind of like in the back of your head during the next session. And sometimes you can be up front and be like, ah, there's something something's not really lining up. So if you're choosing something, you're choosing a character that's more long distance, but you like to run up and attack things head on. Yeah. That's not lining up for me. So you can't be, a, you, know, you can't be, you have a sniper rifle and run up to somebody with close range. It does not work. And that, like, I don't know where we will go because I'm not trained in that mm-hmm. line of thinking, mm-hmm. but like, 
clearly, like we, we have a disconnect somewhere yeah. mm-hmm. between what you think you want and what you are actually doing. Yeah. So that's got to be fuel for like, okay, now we got something we can yeah. work with. Here. So where are we leaning towards? Mm-hmm. Why are we going here versus what we should do here? Maybe some middle ground is a better idea. Maybe this one, while you want to do it, is not the greatest idea. Like, that, that's just not you. Mm-hmm. You know what? Maybe that's just not you. Yeah. Try something else. Yeah. Now, within the game context, now we have a build that works. Mm-hmm. Now we can you know, go do as you want to do. Oh. And then I, I have no idea how that would relate back into a session, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like there's got to be something there. Yeah, and that just leads to constant conversation. So it, it's, uh, it's helpful for some kids All right. to play it out. All right, and now we're going to move into the final segment of this, of the episode, the final five. Five questions that range from irrelevant to irreverent. Okay. First two are always the same. The last three have a theme. Okay. Here we go. All right. First question, coffee or tea? Coffee up until about 11 a.m. Okay, so you're one of the split people. Yeah. I've, I've started to get a few more of those where it's coffee in the morning and then switching over to tea. I only have one cup a day. And, oh, God uh, bless you. It, it also <laughs> depends on the day. But yeah, I if I have more afternoon, I'm up all night. Okay. So uh, how do you take your coffee? Black. Black? Yeah, keep it. I, it's purest form. <laughs> yes, a yeah. purest view yes, of it all. <laughs> it's the best. It's the most caffeine you'll get. You're not diluting it in any mm-hmm. way. I understand the taste is terrible, but it's an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. And what type of tea do you drink? Um, I usually drink peppermint or green tea, depending on the day. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm split between the bowls. Sometimes some um, ginseng is helpful. Yeah. yeah. All right. And question number two. We know you play video games. Mm-hmm. Do you do any tabletop games? I haven't played any tabletop games in a while. I mean, your classics. You know, your 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 sorry, your mm-hmm. Connect Four. Um, outside of that, I haven't touched a tabletop game in years, and it's something I want to do. Actually, you know what? Last tabletop game I really got into, and I hated that I got into it because it was like annoying that I was addicted to it, was uh, Ticket to Ride. Oh, but it's so much fun. It is, but at the same time, it's so dumb, but I like it. <laughs> I remember I played it, I was like, what is this stupid trains game? And then I was like, at the end, I was like, ah, you stopped me from getting to where oh, I need three more to get to Houston. Yeah, yeah, it was something so crazy. I was like, why do I like this game? And I was like thinking about it the next day. I was so mad. <laughs> uh, we, we play... Ticket to Ride. I haven't mm-hmm. played it in a while because kids keep us busy. Yeah. But my wife's technique towards mm-hmm. the end of the game mm-hmm. is just to keep getting train routes. Yeah. And I've done it a few times, and it it's a gamble that can pay yeah. off, especially if you get something where it's like, I'm, I already made a train route from Montreal to Seattle. Mm-hmm. So I got the entire, or some other like massive one. Yeah. And then you pull the three and like, oh, I just need to like branch off two sections over here and I have another yeah. oh, this one's already embedded in mm-hmm. a larger sweet. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. she's a big fan of doing that. It's it's a it's an interesting game. I was it's something so simplistic, but yeah. well but done. it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Well done to whoever created that. 
All right, now into the three. All right. The so your name is Motier. Motier, yeah. Motier. Yes. Okay. My apologies. That's all right. It happens. Uh, so you said. <laughs> <laughs> so Motier, you promote yourself as DJ Mo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And you put yourself as Mo Haskins on pretty much everything. Yes. So we're going to talk about Mo's. Okay. So the first one, mm-hmm. have you ever seen like such a majestic mustache? Yes. You're like, that is a yes. great Mo. Man, yeah. Man. Oh, talk about it, Man. please. <laughs> it was this guy. Um, oh, God. Where was he? He was, I think he was just walking down the street. Okay. And he just had the longest mustache with the curls. The full at the curl. End. Yes. And you can tell he worked on it for days upon days upon months upon year and I was like that is such a sweet mustache and I told him I'm like your mustache is awesome and I know I made his day because <laughs> there's no way you walk around that not looking for compliments oh no so, no that, that, that's peacock yeah, yeah when you get a, a mo or a mustache that yeah. like curls around the at yeah, the end it was awesome yeah this is a display I, it was it was a great mustache okay fourth question mm-hmm. tell me the validity of this statement okay Mo money, mo problems. Absolutely, that's that's so true, and it's only because nobody keeps all this money and doesn't do anything with it. Very true. That you're always. I know personally, the more money I made in just my career, mm-hmm. the more debt I've accrued. Seriously, more, though, the more things I just keep buying, and I'm just like, why do I have all this stuff and. It's because I just keep getting acquiring all these money, all this like, money. You will always spend the money that you have. Yeah, and that's kind of like the the tragedy of like if I only made another five thousand dollars, if mm-hmm. I could just get over this one hurdle. Yeah, you start seeing more more opportunities open up to you. Mm-hmm. So, but those opportunities definitely come at a price. Yeah. So you're like, I can do this. I can have this monthly subscription, or I can do this. I can do that. And that's why I don't have Disney Plus. Uh, like I. I, we have Netflix, mm-hmm. and I think that's about it. I can tell you, as somebody who has gone through Disney Plus, because I do not own it, everything that everything you think is on there is on there. So yes, you have your your ability to watch your Marvel movies, your Disney movies. But then all like the weird Disney stuff that they used to release, like the sing-alongs okay. and all those things, are on there. But from what I've been told. Disney Plus has yet to be what it's been cracked up to be outside of like the original series, Mandalorian, and okay. all the Marvel stuff. The Marvel stuff may be what sets them over, but in reality, most people, I guarantee most people will be in and out. They'll, they'll acquire and then cancel it because unless they continuously uh, produce those things mm-hmm. month to month or we're taking a month in between, they're not going to, it's not going to become a juggernaut as what most people thinks okay. think it, will, it will be. So. All right. Final question. Mm-hmm. Would you ever consider using this as your intro music, Billy Idol's Rebel Yell? No. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not even in the mid-Idol hour, she cried, Mo, Mo, Mo. No. <laughs> I don't want to think it's kind of just like lame. Just the, You're the Rebel Yell. Yeah. <laughs> a good idea, but nah. <laughs> <laughs> Not my jam. Don't like it. That is a hard put down, Sorry. and I appreciate that, sir. Sorry. Very committed into it. I'm not a pun person. I'm not somebody who likes to play off words. Okay. Do so. Do uh, everything with my name over. It's like, eh, I don't get it. Okay. It's cheesy, but. 
Well, that is all the time we have for this episode. It's time for standard end-of-show plugs. You can find the show notes, which contain contact links for all topics discussed, for this and all previous episodes at videogamecrosstalk.com, as well as the social media contacts and the occasional blog posts when I get around to it. You can also follow me around on Twitter, Instagram, PS4, and Twitch at HyperSyntax, H-Y-P-3-R-S-I-N-T-4-X. And as for my guest, Mo, where can my beautiful listeners follow you around? You can follow me on on Instagram at DJ underscore Mo underscore Haskins H-A-S-K-I-N as in Nancy S. You can also find half of my uh, most of my mixes for the workouts and stuff like that on Mixcloud. Just search DJ Mo Haskins there as well. You can also find a link through my Instagram. And that's probably the best bet. Alright. to find me. And please don't forget to like, review, subscribe, and share this podcast all over your social media accounts, and it can be found pretty much on every podcast listening service. Podcast audio also gets pushed out to YouTube, and yes, I have finally made my first Destiny lore video. Nice. (laughs) I've been saying this for months. I finally got around to making it. I remember you telling me that you knew a lot about it when I first played Destiny. Oh, yeah. So So finally, I shame myself because I did a top five video. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's that, what that draws. It, it draws, and it helped me learn the editing software. I mean, because I did the same thing like over and over if you again. Look at some place, some YouTubers like Watch Mojo. That's what their entire thing is, <laughs> and what culture, and all their it's top this. Oh, top it's that. always and that always draws. I keep clicking. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I keep clicking for these top tens of things I already know what the number one is, but... But I need to know the top ten ridiculous swords in anime. Yeah, but I think it's also I just need confirmation that I'm thinking the same thing. Okay, there's that too. (laughs) All right. And in the words of Mahatma Gandhi, strength does not come from physical capacity. It comes from an indomitable will.